Let's, uh, let's pray. We'll jump into this. <clears throat> Jesus, thank you. Jesus, I thank you for these students and these uh, counselors and youth pastors that are in here with a desire just to learn how, how to spend time with you. Um, and for those that have a way, um, I just pray this is helpful, um, that maybe it takes them deeper on how to study and um, how to really get into your word to understand you better. Um, and so God, take us in the direction that you would have us to go. Um, and then I pray that as we do this, that as we spend time with you, um, our relationships with you continue to grow like we never thought imaginable. And so God, thank you that you speak to all of us by your Holy Spirit, you lead and guide. It has nothing to do with the guy preaching. It has everything to do with you, your word, and your spirit leading and guiding um, what it is that you want us to learn. So lead us, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. All right. Uh, if you have your Bibles, you're going to need those. If you don't, you forgot the whole topic. Uh, kind of hard to learn how to study your Bibles if you didn't bring it. So uh, why don't you turn to Matthew 8. We're going to go through a short passage. I kind of referred to it, I think it was last night. Um, Matthew 8, chapters 1 to 4. Um, and then you're going to need something to write with, something to write on. Even if it's just one piece of paper, just because there's an acronym. And so down your page, I want you to write this. And I know it's a stupid word. Um, well, it's not even really a word. <clears throat> it comes across like that, but I've never forgotten it. I mean, this is 22 years later, and I still remember it. So down your page, I want you to write these, these letters, right? Prom was, P-R-O-M-W-A-S. Okay, just down your page. Prom was, he's like, well, that's not even a word, I know, but you can remember it like this. Prom was awesome. Prom was sucky. Prom was non-existent. I didn't go. Prom was whatever. I mean, whatever you want to, however you want to remember it. So prom was right down your page. And then I'm just going to go through what each one of those letters mean. And please throw questions out as we go. Uh, But we're pretty much going to be doing this together. So it's got to be interactive. I'm going to ask you guys to read. Um, I'm going to ask you guys to observe it and throw out your observations and what that looks like. Uh, and then hopefully at the end you get a feel for it, and then try it. And then throughout the week, the rest of the week, as you're trying, if you see me around, um, please just come up and say, hey, I tried this, this didn't make sense, could you help me out? I love conversations about that stuff, okay? <clears throat> so here you go. Uh, P is pray. That's all you do. And don't, don't make it long. That's the thing. We've turned prayer into something I don't think that God ever really anticipated us to turn it into. It's kind of like our opportunity to show off to God that we know all the Christian words. And it's like, God, look how smart I am. Like, I can say justification and actually know what it means. And, and it's like Alpha and Omega, beginning and end. And it's like, I don't talk to anyone else like that. And I'm given this freedom to talk to God as dad. And so did you know that you don't even have to, t- you don't have to say, dear God. I know that for, for some, that freaks you out. You're like, oh, what? I don't know how to pray if I don't say, dear God. That's how it starts. I don't think that if you, if you don't say, dear God, I don't think that God sits there and goes, oh, I'm sorry, were you talking to me? I don't think he's freaking out about it. If it helps, great. Um, but just, it's just something simple, like, I want to hear something. Show me what you want me to see. And that's it. I mean, it's, it, make it a conversation in the, with God rather than prayer. And I know that sounds weird, but just make it a conversation. Just try to make it a conversation. So what we did before, God, just show us. Just show me something. What do you want me to hear? What do you, mean, what, what do you want me to learn? Apply this to my life. Something simple, okay? R is read. <clears throat> it, uh, okay, so you've got read. And this is the part that I want to make sure you get. Guys, I'm not trying. If you're, if you're a King James Version fanatic, God bless you. I mean, you just love the poetic part and the parts that you like reading stuff you don't quite understand because nobody reads Shakespearean language anymore. But you love it, great. If you understand it, great. But I always say find a translation that makes sense. You understand it. Um, but make sure it's a translation. Now, how many of you guys have heard the message? You've heard the message? Okay. 
That's one guy's look at it. It's a paraphrase. And the thing is, Eugene Peterson, who wrote it, he knows the biblical language. He's brilliant. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of times I'll go to the message and I'll look up the passage that I'm studying to kind of get a feel for what it is. It's like I use it like a commentary. Um, but I wouldn't use that your, your, pass or your, your translation to study from. So, by a show of hands, who has NIV? Great, enjoy. Now, I know you're going to meet some people go, oh, I can't believe you like NIV, and I don't understand it. Um, there's things called word-for-word word translations. There's things that are called thought-for-thought thought translations. I'm not anti-NIV. I used to use NIV. Um, it's more of a thought-for-thought thought translation. There, there'll be some words that they've kind of translated so it makes sense to us, but maybe it's not the word um, for back in the day, but it's more like denarius. We don't use denarius, so they might use money or change or something like that. Um, so if you have an NIV, great, use an NIV. Um, ESV, anybody have that one? Okay, that's kind of growing more popular. That's become my favorite, and here's the reason. Um, it's very literal, it's word for word, but it, it's readable like an NIV. So it's kind of like, I always put it like this, New American Standard, anybody a New American Standard person? There you are, big time, straight up word for word, okay? That's what you have. So ESV is like New American Standard, met an NIV, they got married and had a baby, and out popped the ESV. Okay, so that's kind of what it is. So ESV is very <laughs> literal, but it's readable. And ASB is great. Then there's the updated version, so it gets rid of the these and the thous. But just something that makes sense. That makes sense to you? To find a translation that you understand, because that's the goal. Like if at, if at the end of the day you're sitting there going, I didn't understand 50% of what I read, then you're in the wrong translation. Just find something that you like, okay? Um, what do you read? Or how much? Now, how many, how many of you tried to do read the Bible in a year and then failed after the first month? Yep. Okay. So you're going to read three chapters a day. I'm like, I'm going to do it. And about, well, in the first week, you're like, I'm three, I'm three days behind. Oh crap. That should have happened. Guys, if for those that can do it, do it. If you can remember it, fantastic. But here's how I do it. Okay. And this is this, and they still do it this way. I start a book, I finish a book, but I go, I go uh, subheading to subheading. That's all I do most of the time. If something doesn't stand out in the first subheading part, I go to the next one and I keep going. But it's usually within that subheading to subheading that I'm, I'm getting something. Like I really feel like I'm spending time with God. Now here's the, you want to start a book and finish a book and it, kind of picture it like this. How many of you have ever gotten like a long Facebook message or a really long email from someone and they, it's, I mean, or even a long text where it's like you have to push the button so it moves it over and you can read the whole thing. You don't pick and choose the parts you read there, right? You don't go, okay, I'm going to read the middle part. Now I'm going to read the end. Now I'm going to go back to the beginning. That's like, we don't do that when we're communicating with, one, with each other. So why would we do it to God? Some of you, you do, you do quiet times this because you don't know what to read. You go, of the Lord. Boom. There it is. And then, so you go, it's like, Hosea, okay, Isaiah 4, 2. In the day, the branch, the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the land shall be the pride and honor of the survivors of the leaves. <gasps> Thank you, God. That's my verse for today. And you're like, I have no clue what the cred that means, right? And then the next one is like, you run into Proverbs, like, as a, dirt, as a dog returns to its vomit. And you're like, what the cred? This is like the weirdest time with God. That's why you start a book, finish a book. Start a book, finish a book. And the reason is because there was an original intent when the author was penning his book. And he, I get it. Matthew wasn't writing Matthew for the purpose of, I hope I make it into the Bible. Okay, it wasn't like that. Okay, so you, but he had an original intent for why it is that he was writing. If you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, you'll notice that they're completely different than John. John had a different purpose for why, for, for why it is that he was writing. But start the book, finish the book, so you get the total feel of what it is that you're reading. If, you, if you're just kind of starting out, now how many sit there and go, okay, I, I don't do this a lot. That's why I'm here and I want to get better at it. And it's totally fine. Don't, don't like halfway Baptist your hands, put charismatic today to that. Yeah, 
It's like, I don't do this a lot. I want to do it. Of course, hopefully. And this isn't embarrassing. This is, this is encouraging to me because as I keep saying, this is the revival generation. This is it. These, these are the ones that are going to show us stuff. Why? Because you have a heart for justice. You have a heart for justice ministries, right? And I love that you have that heart for that. But you also have a generation that doesn't want to believe that there's truth. I'm not saying that you, I'm just saying you live in a culture and a generation where it's like, get rid of truth. You put truth with justice ministries together, holy crud, you are unstoppable. You, I mean, you move forward. So if you're sitting there going, I don't really do this, I want to get better at awesome. And I'm so proud of you. And I want you to pass this on because we as followers of Jesus, you can't know the will of God unless you're in the word of God. That's just the truth. You cannot understand the will of God unless you're in the word of God because all those thoughts, have you ever read a thought that comes to your mind? You go, is that God? Is that me? Is that the devil? Is that pepperoni pizza? Like, what the crud is that? And you're freaking out because you don't know where the thought came from, right? Well, if you don't know what God has written, this is what we kind of, this is our filter. This is our lens. We take everything that comes into our mind and we push it up against this. And if this wins, we change our thinking to fit this. Does that make sense? That's why I love the fact that God gave us this. So we don't have a religion where all of a sudden your pastor's going, thus saith the Lord, a new word. A new word. Now, give me all of your money and give me your shoes. I love shoes. And then all of a sudden you have to do that. That would be so stupid. But how many people actually do that? They go, well, the prophet has spoken, therefore everything has changed. And God's like, no, no, I want to make sure that you understand. You have, it's like a safety net. This is what we can use to make sure that we know what we're hearing is truth. Okay. So read subheading to subheading if that makes sense, if that's best for you. If you love big chunks, here's the goal. If, if you read three chapters, make sure you get something out of it. Because I don't want you to just do check boxes. Why? I read the Bible today. Check. I prayed today. Check. I went to youth group today. Check. I went to church twice this week. Check. Check. Bonus. I mean, it's like, don't do it like that. Because think about it. You don't do that in any other relationship, do you? Can you imagine if I did that to my wife? It's like, oh, we're, we're married, so we have to communicate. So you go. And she's talking like, stop. 10 minutes. Good. Just only 10 minutes. That's all you get. Check. Right? So I, I listen to her and I go, okay, now listen to me. And I go for 10 minutes and then I hear ding, ding, ding. Oh, we're done. Whew, got off through that. Boom, check. See you tomorrow. And then take off. <laughs> Think about it. It's like, did you know you could actually do this more than once? Oh, psh, oh, like you can spend time with God more than once. But think of how often it's like, check, I did it. I did. It. I got it out of the way. And I don't think that God sits there and goes, yes, that's what I died for. That's what I came back from the dead for, so that they can just be religious. Guys, you could be religious without Jesus ever coming and doing anything. This is relationship, okay? So start a book, finish a book, pick a translation that you understand, and then we're just going to read the passage. Now, I know we're starting in chapter 8, but uh, it'd be hard to start in chapter 1 because, honestly, it's, the gene- it's a little bit of a genealogy, and it's hard to do that for this purpose. So chapter 8, Matthew, verses 1 to 4. I'll read it, and then we're going to go back, Okay? So the read part, we're still in read. This is super simple. All you do is read it. If you can't read, um, you can listen to it on audio. Okay, but this is how we go. Chapter 8, verse 1. When he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. Behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed, and Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priests and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. Okay, that's it. That's it. I mean, seriously, when you sit there and go, Brian, I don't think you understand how busy I am. I don't have a lot of time. Yes, you do. Put down that little thing that you hold in your pocket. 
turn off Facebook and Instagram just for a little bit. I'm telling you, you get rid of Instagram, you feel like you have a life again. I'm telling you, and I'm speaking from experience. I don't miss it. Why? Because I get to see pictures called life. Like I get to just look at life. If you have it, great. Use it for Jesus. But I'm telling you, if you have time to do this with your thumb, double click like, oh, I wish I could triple like that sucker. And you keep going. If you have time for that, you have time for this. Guys, it took me, what, 22 seconds to read the passage? That's it. So if you keep saying, I don't have time for this, I don't have time for this, it might be this. Maybe you're too busy because you don't know how to say no. Think about it. If God says, I've prepared in advance the works that I I want you to do, do you really think he's just going to cram it so that you don't have enough time to spend with him? I don't think so. And so learn to turn some things off. Your phone, I don't know if you knew this, your phone turns off. Did you know that? It's like, oh, what? No, that's like my heartbeat. Go, 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 go. I feel that. It's like an umbilical cord. That's what I need it for. You can turn it off and you can spend time with God or just put it airplane mode and nothing will happen. Okay, but do it something. Get quiet with God because it took me 22 seconds. Now, that's R. O, well, let's go back. P is R. You guys are brilliant. O is observe. Observe. So you read it through once. Now you're going to observe it. This is where you grab your pen. How many of you like me? You cannot remember a thing unless you're writing on the thing that you're, write, that you're reading, okay? Now, this is why for those of you that have raised your hands, like, I have to write on it. It might be better for you not to use an iPad or an iPhone because you'll jack up your phone. It's like, I got a pen. Yeah, oh, crap, it's all messed up. Okay, don't do that. That's why there's these things called paper Bibles, like Bible and paper. This is where you pick up the pen and you just go to town. Guys, I can't remember a newspaper article if I don't have a pen in my hand. A magazine, I have a pen in my hand all the time. Um, I've got a pen in my pocket. It's almost like Brian, you have a pen. I'm like, really? Are you stupid? Let's like, keep going. I have this. So this is where you get to just make notes. You get to circle words. You get to make notes in your margins. Everything. We're going to do this together. Okay, somebody read verse one out loud for everyone to judge your reading skills. Go. Go for it. Out loud. Real loud because people in the back might, might not be able to hear. Yeah, that's it. Verse one. When he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to, to, to observe it. What are the things that are standing out? Okay? And it might be as simple as this. I'll do a couple of them. Who's he? How do you know? I'm sorry. Because all I hear is, it's like, it sounds like tongues up here, but I know that it isn't. So, someone say it real loud. Subheading. Okay, it's in the subheading, so the publisher told you. What's another way you can figure out that it's Jesus? Yep. Okay, well, it sounds like somebody important, but sounds like it's important, but how do you know it's Jesus? Because you're just jumping to the conclusion that it's him. Yes. Okay, so for some of you guys have the capital H. I don't have that in my translation, but some do, like the old school ones have that. How, what can you do to make sure that you know it's Jesus? Okay, there's large crowds. Now think practically. This is all true. Think practically. Here's chapter eight. We're going to go what? Yours just says Jesus. They like told you the secret. Gosh, your translation is just giving away all the secrets. Okay, hold on just a sec. You just answered. One more. Okay, the subheading's there. The publishers tell you. How about, how about this? One more. Yeah, go back. Okay, so you look at chapters five to seven, and you see that Jesus is the one talking. It's like, it's the Sermon on the Mount. This is the sermon. I mean, this is the one that everyone remembers. So as you read through it, and you'll get this, because as you're reading through the passage, you start in one, you get to five, you see Jesus starts to preach. He starts to say some freaky things that terrify some people because it's all oh, that's too hard. Then you get to eight, and you realize, okay, he, the one who was just speaking for two chapters, that's the guy. So you're going to go back. 
Don't be afraid to go back and forth in the passage to make sure you get it. So he, and this is what I do in my Bible. And you say, well, it's kind of obvious, Brian, why would you do this? Because it keeps me engaged in the passage. Even if I know that they're talking about Jesus, I will box he and write in the margin, Jesus. The goal isn't to make sure that your Bible is as clean as possible by the time you get to Jesus when you die. The goal is to make sure that it is marked up. Because why? I can guarantee if it's marked up, it's in you. That's the goal, okay? So it's in the goal. I can't write in this. This is God's word. It's God's word. It's not his face. You're not playing tic-tac-toe on his face. You're fine. Like he's not offended by this. I think he's more offended by those who don't want to do that but can't remember it than those who just mess up their Bible like crazy because they want the word of God in them. And when it's filled up, start new. Get a brand new one and do it again. Okay, so this, that's what I do. So I, I boxed he and I wrote Jesus in it. Um, when he came down from the mountains, great crowds followed him. You tell me what stands out to you. What, what makes, yeah. Great crowds. Does it say how many people were in the crowd? No, so probably more than three, I'm guessing. Okay, if it's great crowds, there's probably a bunch. Okay, uh, what else? Great, so there's great crowds, and you're looking for who, what, where, when, those kind of words. Not why or how. Don't apply it. Don't find, this is the meaning of the verse. We haven't gotten there yet. Okay, what about you? Okay, so he's on a mountainside. Um, so maybe, G- or it could be that Jesus is on the mountainside and, th- and then there's a valley and they're right there below him because it might be easier for him to project his voice to a, mel- a multitude of people. But yes, they're close by enough to where all of a sudden Jesus is there and so are they. What else? Anything else? Yep. They followed him. I think that's pretty huge. I, I would box follow, underline that sucker. And I might even write in it, why is it that that stands out so much to me? Okay. Anything else? Think about it. You've spent more time in one verse than we did reading four. Isn't that crazy? Like if you start to dig in, you start to notice some things. Okay, verse two. Somebody read that out loud for us to judge your reading skills. What did you read the last one? Somebody else. I mean, I love, the, I love it. You're all in. But I, like this side, yeah. Boom. Okay, what stands out? Here we go. This is the, this is the fun stuff. Yep. If you will, you can make me clean. And so what kind of statement is that? Oh, I, just, I just gave you the word. I said statement. Idiot. Okay, move on. Okay, so he, it's not a question, right? He's not begging. He just makes this statement. And you're, you're going to get it anyways. I know. You look, you look brilliant. Okay, anybody else? Yep. Okay, so that would stand out to you. You might box that he knelt before Jesus. Yep. Yeah. And where is he? Yeah, isn't that fantastic? I mean, this guy's got some, he's got some sass, doesn't he? Or if he's in the midst of a grit, and this is where you can kind of play with it a little bit, pretend you're in the crowd, but if he gets himself into the crowd, but he's not supposed to be there because if he makes, if he touches anyone there, they're considered unclean until they go to the priest and the priest says, you're fine. I might put the word next to it. I feel like he seems desperate, doesn't he? This seems like it. I'm just a guess. I don't think I'm doing it. I don't think I'm doing disservice to the, to the word by that. Um, so, and behold, a leper came to him, knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Anything else stand out to you? Calls him Lord. Okay. It's a sign of respect. That, I mean, understand, I mean, there's plenty of tools online that you can look up this, but he's not using the word for God. It's like the word master, so it's a, it's a title of respect. Anybody else? He calls him Lord. Proximity's close. Anything else? Yeah, there's this sense he knows that this can happen. 
Now, here's the thing. This popped in my head. This is good. This is good. I don't know if I've ever said this part. Someone go back to chapter 4, 23 through 25. I want you to read it out loud, preferably kind of someone in the back, because that's usually the people in your class. It's like, I don't want to talk to me. So someone a little further in the back. I want you to read 23 to 25. How, how, how might it be possible that this man knew that Jesus could heal? Go for it, real loud. Awesome, thank you. Now, how is it possible that this person, this person with leprosy, knew that Jesus could heal him? What's that? Done before. He just watched Jesus heal multitudes. He's there, right? He's probably listening to the message. He's at least an eye shot to watch him doing that. So all of a sudden, can you see the statement of faith based upon fact? Okay, you've, you've healed all of them, and I know you can heal me. That's it. Just makes the statement. Anything else stand out in verse 2 before we go to verse 3? Okay, so I want to read verse 3 back in chapter 8 out loud. Go for it. Perfect. Thank you. Okay, so what stands out to you? Yep. Touch the man. Why is that such a big deal? He comes in clean, right? Jesus touches the man. Did he care? Did it seem like he cared? Now, which, no, you, you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to light out the secret if I don't. Yeah. And he didn't, he didn't make him keep going. Like we've turned prayer into, please, God, please, 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 please. I'm just going to keep asking until you do it. He just says it once, and then Jesus makes his response. Okay, what else? Anything else? Yep. Yeah, immediately. I mean, it wasn't just like a process. It wasn't just Jesus hey, Jesus, hey, rub this all over your body. You'll be fine in a couple of weeks. It was like, boom, okay? What else? Anything else? Yep. Was that in verse three? Oh, that's okay. You're going to verse four, but you hold that. But it's true. I mean, that's a huge one. That's an observation that stands out to you. That he, hey, make sure you tell no one, just go show yourself to the priest. Anything else in verse three? Thank you. Physically touched him, absolutely. Now which one was first, touching him or healing him? Oh, crud, why not do it the other way? Then you don't get jacked up, right? Show faith, okay, possibly, but there's always faith. I mean, Jesus has it, yep. Okay, Jesus is willing to be unclean to help us. I kind of shared it last night. I think it was last night. Yep. Yeah. There it is. Isn't that sick? Isn't it great? To, in the back, did you not hear that? Anybody not hear that? Here it is. In that moment, do you think that Jesus, or Jesus, as the guy comes up to Jesus, do you think that the man's sitting there going, if I don't get healed right now, I'm going to die? Probably not, since he made his way up on his own. Wasn't he, he wasn't carried. He couldn't, it wasn't that he couldn't breathe. He just made his way up there. So it wasn't like he was going to die. So Jesus knew that he, he wanted to be healed, right? He says, if you will, you can. But he needed to what? To be touched. Because in that culture, if you're not 
If you have leprosy, you're not touched by anyone. And so in that moment, Jesus just touches him before he heals him, which makes himself unclean because he knew that the man needed to be touched more than anything. Do you see how observation, all of a sudden you go, what? I love when I'm reading the word and I go, oh, oh I've never seen that part. And it just, it, it unravels. Right after that, there's like one word that stands out. Or you look up one word, it's like, oh, I didn't know that's what it meant. I couldn't, I couldn't believe that. that. When that kind of hits you, you go, oh, this is so good. And then the next time you read it, something else will pop out. But it's so important. Look at the ordering of the words. Look at the ordering of the passage. What comes first? What comes next? Keep all that in mind as you're observing it. Okay, now uh, in verse four. You guys are cranking. You don't need me in chapel. Y'all should just preach to yourselves. Verse four. Uh, I'll read this to make sure we can all hear it in the back. And Jesus said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. What else stands out? Say nothing to anyone? Okay, that was, yep. Go offer the gift that Moses commanded them. Okay, that's pretty huge. In the back, we're in the back. Show yourself. yourself. Like, yeah, go. Go show. Go go do this. You want to make sure that, that the priest gets to see this. What else? Anybody else? Yep. For proof to them, that's why you're going to go show yourself? Okay, so here's the thing. Oh, yeah, I was almost there. Be, yeah, so Moses brings up, in the law, it's written down, this is what you're supposed to present. Um, I don't mean, I don't know exactly what it is, but there's, as God writes out the law, if a person felt that they were healed, they then go show themselves, they offer, they offer a gift, it's like a sac, not a sacrifice of an animal for sins, but it's like you offer this gift that was often during the temple. So they offer the gift that was prescribed to them, then they show them to themselves to the priest, the priest looks, looks the person over and goes, you're clean or you're not clean. But it's like there's this certain gift, it's like a thank offering kind of thing. Does that make sense? So here's the thing, friends. You sit there and go, okay, 22 seconds to read it. That's kind of what we do. Read it, I feel better, now my life's changed. That's great. But now you've spent, I don't know, 15 minutes or so observing it. Now you sit there and go, Brian, this is a lot of time. I get that. And I know you're busy. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm right there with you. I'm not saying that every time that you do this, it has to be this hour long thing. It's, I, don't think it, I don't think it will be this hour long thing. But do you at least see as you dive into the passage, things start to pop out? And especially if you do it within a group and it's like, well, I saw this and I saw this. And you're not jumping into, oh, the meaning of it is this. You're just looking at the passage. This stands out to me. This is the ordering. Does that make sense with me so far? Okay, so back to it. P is R. O. M is meditate. Now, don't sit there and go, I'm not like, no, no, I'm not saying that, okay? It just means think. Think about it. So observation and and meditation kind of go together. Just put them together. Do you know it's, did you know it's okay that as you're reading scripture, it's okay to write questions when you don't understand something? You can write that. You don't, have, don't, don't let pride jump in and go, I already knew that. And you have no clue what it is. If you're that kind of person, you will not learn anything. You got to stay teachable through the whole thing. Have, here's the thing. By show of hands, just to hopefully encourage each other. And again, not halfway Baptist, but charismatic today. Okay, ready? How many of you have ever read something in the Bible that you just don't like because you don't agree with it? Anybody? Yeah, rubs you wrong a little bit. Yep, me too. You know why God does that? Because he's going to confront the fact we have sin. We have sin, in, we have sin nature in us and we want, we want certain things. I don't like the passage where all of a sudden it's like, yeah, go, I want you to go to this people group and I want you to take care, I want you to kill every man, woman, child, beast. And I'm like, ugh. 
That rubs me wrong. And when people go, I like every word in it. I'm like, you are not honest as you read it or you actually think you're Jesus. So it's, there's, an, there's a problem with that. There should be times you go, are you kidding me? God, you're actually saying that? He's going to confront things that go against culture, that go against society. But again, what is the purpose for God's commandments? Therefore, our ultimate, anybody remember? Joy. Okay, we're good. Yes. It's for our ultimate joy. And so he sets these things up because he actually wants to, wants to bless us. So if you read things in scripture, you're like, I don't agree with that. Or, okay, we're not allowed to do this, but I know someone who has that or does that or struggles with that. It's so tempting to then go, okay, but my friend means so much to me. I'm going to ditch this part of what the Bible says so that I can back up them. And the scripture is very clear. You love God first and then you love others. Do you have to agree with everybody's choices on everything in order to love them? No. Like Republicans and Democrats can actually love each other. I know now, right now we don't think it is and Trump and Hillary are going to go at it. I get that. But here's the thing. You can actually love people you disagree with. And here's the thing. The world doesn't get it. And they'll say they do, but they don't. Because here's, how, here's, here's why we should be loving each other. You have been knitted and I've been knitted. We were knit together in our mama's womb and stamped on us when God put us together was what? Image of God. You were created in the image of God. Your value, your value is, in the, your value is based on the fact that you're created by God. And every single person on the planet has the same intrinsic value, not because of anything that they do, but because they were created in the image of God. And so if they're created in the image of God, we treat them as God's property. We love them because they are valued because of who created them. And you may completely disagree with them and they may completely disagree with you, but their value is based on Jesus because Jesus put them together. Does that make sense? So M is, M is to meditate. So you're going to think through it. So P, R, O, M, W. You want to guess? Right, yeah. People are like, what? That's R. Okay, it's, I know, summer just started. I'm not going to go through an English class and spelling. Right, like write it out. Not right arm, but write it out. So W-R-I-T-E. And this is where some of you, who loves creative writing? Anybody? You just love it. Okay, you should unload on anything that is a narrative. Anything in the scriptures that is telling a story, here's what you do. You creative writers, you just love it. You never get an opportunity to use it, Right? It's just like you by yourself, no one ever gets to read. You put yourself in the passage. So who are some characters that you can become in the passage? Who can you become? Okay, Jesus, you sit there and go, oh, I don't know. Like, what if he hits me with lightning? Like, what if I do it wrong? Right, because he created lightning. He might get pissed off. It's like, what do I do? No, you can, you can, you can take Jesus's perspective. Sure, absolutely. Who else? Yeah, so you become someone in the crowd. Now, who might be in the crowd? Now, this is where you get to play with it. I'm not doing anything wrong with Scripture. Don't sit there and go, it doesn't say that, so they're not there. I don't know who's there. I just know there's this great crowd. Is it possible, I'll just give you a couple, is it possible that there's still some more sick people here? Yeah. Do you think that it's still possible that there's just some normal people? They're not, they're not sick, they're just, they're fine, they're healthy. Do you think there's some religious leaders there that are getting a little bit weary about who Jesus is? yeah. So you can just, just start jumping in. You can be one of the sick people. It's like, well, he cut in line. I was next in line. What a jerk, right? You can be that person. You can be the religious leader where you're ticked off with them. 
It's like, I don't like this guy. I don't like what he just taught. I don't like the fact that in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, you've heard it say, do not murder, but I tell you, do not hate. You know why it's such a big deal? Because he quotes the Old Testament, which he quotes especially the Ten Commandments. He said, you've heard it said this, but I tell you, it's like he's superseding the fact that God said something. So the religious leaders would be ticked, but you get to become one of the characters. But no one has ever said the leprous person yet. You get to become that person. He's like, well, it's a man. Okay, well, ladies, turn him into a woman. I don't, not, not literally, but like it's your perspective. If you had leprosy and in that moment, what would you do? What would you think? You get to play in that and write out the story. Because you realize that when I'm preaching a message, if it's a narrative, that's all I do. I just jump into the passage so I can see a perspective and it goes, click. It just makes sense because now I'm part of the process. Okay, so for those that love to creative write, do that. Jump into it. Who loves poetry? Who loves to write poetry? Okay, perfect. Can you write a, po- can you write a poem with this, with this narrative in mind? Come up with a theme that you can write something in this? Oh my gosh. I'm pretty sure there's, there's at least one poem out there that talks about brokenness. I'm guessing. <laughs> I can think of one in Psalm right now. I mean, it's, just, it's all over. So you can write a poem. Um, how many said they go, I don't like, I don't like, I don't like to write. Put your hands up. This isn't like, I'll oh, kill them. <laughs> it's not like that. I don't like to write. So this is what you do, okay? You sit there going, it just doesn't do anything. I don't like to write stories. Guys, I'm not the biggest poetry guy because I don't get it. I think I'm a little dense on that, so that's why I have to read somebody else's stuff who's talking about it. This is all you do. And so as you're going through, um, someone tell me as we went through the passage, one, one line, one phrase, or one verse that stood out the most to you. Just raise your hand and say, this is the one that stood out the most. Anybody? Right there. What'd you Yeah, so Jesus reached out his hand and touched them in. So this is all you would do. <clears throat> this is my journal. It stays in the back of my Bible. You ever heard of a moleskin? Moleskins, anybody have those? Okay, this is the super skinny one, so it fits in the back of my Bible, so I can take it anywhere. And I have it in here because I put my, my preaching notes at home in here, and I write it down for the purpose of what? I want my boys to be able to read my life, and I try to be as honest as I can. Guys, if you're going to journal and write out how victorious you are every day, Oh, you're missing so much, and what an arrogant jerk. <laughs> like, you don't want to be that person. So my boys, at some point, will read all the doubts I've had, the confusion I had, the times I've been ticked off, why does I feel like I'm failing in this, the times where I feel like I'm victorious, where I feel like I'm growing. I want them to have all these things as they go. And so I think I've got some of these things probably since, gosh, since I started Prom was. So when I was 19, and there's, there's and then don't judge yourself. Okay, you sit there and go, wow, the last time I... Wow, it's been like four and a half months since I wrote in this thing. I'm a horrible Christian. I shouldn't be saved. I mean, you start getting on ourselves for things that aren't necessary. Okay, so don't judge yourself so harshly. This is just something to keep you into it. So the verse that was brought up, if you're, I will, Jesus says, I will make you clean. Just write out that part of the verse, word for word, and then right underneath it, write out why you, why you wrote it. That's all you have to do. Don't sit there and make you feel like you have to write a story. I don't write stories. If you were to see mine, um, sometimes I'm just, writing, I'm just writing thoughts out, so sentence after sentence. Other times, when I went through 1 Corinthians 13, I wrote love in the middle, and then I circled it, and I wrote all the characteristics. And so sometimes it looks like this mind map thing. You know what that is? It's like you come up with an idea, and boom, I have arrows and boxes, and you'd sit there and go, are you out of your flipping mind? Because this is crazy. No one understands this. But to me, it works. So whatever works for you with regards to writing, do that but have one of these. If you want one of those big honker journals where it's like, you, 
It's like everyone knows, the world knows, oh, Brian's journaling. If you like that, great. How many say, I prefer to do it on my phone or on a computer? You prefer to type. You type quicker than you write. Anybody? Then do it there. Totally fine. Absolutely fine. Do it there. But just so long as you're writing it out, why do you think, and you tell me, why do you think I'm saying write it? Write it. Don't just read it. Okay, there's two here and then one over here. Yep. Okay, helps you remember it. It's more solid. What about what about you? Yep, you understand it more. Anybody else have some different? Well, I was just gonna say like when you write things like even in school, like it kind of sticks Yep. Yeah, if you hear it, you see it, you write it. There's something that's gonna keep going right there. Oh, how great it is! Absolutely, it's so cool to go back four years later and go, oh, oh my gosh, I was so wrong. <laughs> it's like, you've really grown me. Okay, in the back. Um, so personal, absolutely. Like you're working through the process. And the thing is, before you can write anything, you have to solidify your thoughts. So you actually are thinking through what you're writing so that what you're writing actually makes sense. So that's why I go through the process. I'm not saying write pages. I'm saying Write a portion of the verse, write why you wrote it. If that's what you want to do, then that's it. That's fine. But as you keep doing it, you might find yourself getting a little bit longer in what it is that you're writing. For those that just want to write a story for the next six hours, you're in your room, no one can talk to you, leave me alone. This is the masterpiece novel everybody's waiting for. Great, go for it. But there is a mission to also engage in and God wants you to be part of, okay? But just write, okay? So P is R O M. W, A, almost, apply, not ask, apply. Now this is where you sit there and go, gosh, okay, so God, what are you telling me? It, application never means this. Please understand this. What does the passage mean to me? It never means that. Why? Because then everybody becomes, becomes relative and subjective in what it is the truth of the passage is saying. If you have a Bible study, it's like, hey guys, what does this mean to you? What does this mean to you? What, do you, what does this mean to you? Again, so if I take, if you send me this long text and I go through it and I go, hey, this is what this means to me. And you're sitting there going, that's not what I wrote. Well, that's what it meant to me. Well, that's not what I wrote. So stop reading it like an idiot and read what I wrote. I didn't write that. So you can't take a passage and go, this is what it means to me, this is what it means. All of a sudden, I don't know if you've been in this, I've, I've, I've been in these things where people start doing that, and they are so different. I'm not talking about application. I mean, these meanings are so opposite each other. I sit and go, there's no way that both of these can be it. There's an original intent. The application is, God, teach me something that was written almost 2,000 years ago to apply it to me. So what can you take? Think about it. This was written 2,000 years ago. How can you apply? What is one thing you can walk away with and go, God, this is what I apply to, I'm, pl- I'm applying this thing to my life because of the truth that I read. Anybody? I kind of figured right here. If I knew your hand would go up. Good. Okay, follow his commandments. That's for you. That's your application, right? So, it's, I mean, it's not like you're not sharing it yet. This is, this is what it means. I got to follow his commandments. Okay. okay. Oh, that, so chapter, verse four would be for you. Anybody else? This is the application. You can always go to God. You sit and go, that's it? That's all I'm doing? Yes, one sentence. Like, do it in a tweet. 140 characters, figure it out, throw it on there. Make the application. What else? Anybody else? Oh, let's, let's let other people go. Anybody else? Is it, what's that? Trust. So for you, what aspect of trust? 
Okay, so you would say there, God, I thank you that I can trust you that you have a plan for my life and you're in control of every aspect of it. Isn't that a great application? And is it still true to the passage? Absolutely. It's not like I sit there and go, trust isn't there. Trust isn't there. That's stupid. It's there. And so there's a great application. It's a statement that you can remember. Okay, anybody else? Toward the back. Yep, or the front. God heals. How many of you need to hear that today? Anybody? Just seven of you. Okay, the rest of you are great, and every family member that you have and friend is perfectly fine. I think we all like the fact that God still heals. So yes. So maybe the one thing, think about it. The God of the universe dives in through this passage into your face and goes, I need to remind you I can heal. What's another application? Yep. Okay, so you would say, I got to show, show the difference that Jesus has made. Is that what you would say? An application point for you. Look at what God did. I got to share it. Yep. Oh, that last part you just said. Guys, are you, and that's awesome. I mean, that's deep. Guys, are you okay when God says no? A couple of you are. You're like, oh, I don't like this question. <laughs> Pretty much if I say it, I expect it. Because what if Jesus, now think about it. It's like he, man comes running up to Jesus. Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus goes, I don't want to, and walks away. Verse five, and then you keep going. Wouldn't that story suck? But how many of you have prayed and they still died? And you sit there and go, but okay, did I not pray well enough? Did I not have enough faith? God, did you screw up? You're not all powerful. You're not all loving. You start accusing God of who he is. Rather than, think about it. If you said, Lord, if you will, if you want to, you can heal and leave it. And if he says, absolutely. And if he says, no. You sit there and go, well, why wouldn't he? Because have you ever seen someone who wasn't healed? They're still fighting what it is that they're fighting, but they become an incredible inspiration for the cause of Jesus because they still love him in the pain. You ever met someone like that? And all of a sudden their impact on the world becomes so massive and so huge, more than if they were healed in the moment and no one ever knew that they were sick. So is it possible that God's sitting there going, I have so much bigger of a plan. And this is, this is a huge one. As you bring that up, his statement of faith is a surrender to the will of God and not to only his creature comforts. And so for me, when I read this passage, this one stands out to me so often. What's the application? Will I be just as excited and thankful for God's answer of no as I am if God says yes? Because am I surrendering to his will? That's an application, and that's a hard one, isn't it? Like, don't sit there and go, so, so this is how I should do it. Okay, so my mom's sick. She's been sick. She's, they're not sure what's going to happen, and so I should, just, I should just start laughing because I want to consider it all joy. Ha, <laughs> ha. No. But maybe you connect it to, the, hey, maybe the fact that God has something bigger in mind, as hard as it is, that God has something bigger in mind where he's going to impact so many people because of it. Okay, I want to make sure I get you out of here so I know you've shared Anything else? S, ready? So let's go back. P is R O M W A S. Share. Oh, you're just like, I knew it. Okay. 
it's like you're all telling me to shut up at the same time. Kind of hurts. Share it. Share it with somebody. Why? Why tell somebody? Is that you're supposed to do? You're processing it again, right? If you're going to tell someone, you actually have to process it again so that you don't sound like a bumbling idiot as you share with them. Okay, so now you've thought through it and you can share it with somebody. Now you've processed it. You're probably going to remember it a little bit better. Why else? Yep. There it is. That person might actually need to hear it. How many of you have ever gotten that perfect text, that perfect phone call, or that perfect visit from someone else at the perfect time that you needed it for the specific thing you were going through? Anybody put your hands up. The perfect time. And what do we give credit to? Coincidence. Oh, what a coincidence. Oh, I love when that happens. The coincidence. And God's sitting there going, I don't believe in coincidences. (laughs) Do you realize? And I'm convinced it's every time. Second Corinthians, and it's chapter six or chapter seven, where Paul says that God who comforts the downcast comforted me by the coming of Titus. Guys, if you've ever, you've gotten that perfect, whatever it was, at the perfect time, God has, he's interrupted so that he himself could encourage you through someone else. That in that moment, you have been comforted by God And in that moment, when you share it with somebody else, you might be what it is that God wants you to be to share the message that that person needs to hear at that perfect time. Guys, there are so many things that God does, but we just give the credit to either Tylenol, chemo, coincidence, and everything else. And God's like, I am so involved in the process. I'm so involved in this whole thing. So as you share it, you may be exactly what that person needs. Here's, here's an example. My wife, 10 years ago, um, was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. It was a month after our, our second boy was born. And so my world unraveled. And I thought, God, I'm, I'm serving you. I mean, my whole life's about you. And I've, I told him, I feel like I'm getting the shaft. I feel like, you're, like you've missed it. You've forgotten me. I mean, I went off. And so through this whole process, she had a surgery, and she had uh, radiation, and then another surgery, and... As she's healing up, now if, if, you, if you see her, she has this sweet scar right across her, her, her neck. It's like the most expensive piece of <laughs> like jewelry I've ever paid for. It's like, yeah, that's constant. Now you don't need any more gold. Boom, that's what you got. Okay, so that, she's, she has that. And so um, this is kind of the healing time. This is where the surgeries have been effective and it seems like she's getting better. And so she's off playing in the snow and it's this side road no one knows about because her friend is with her. So it's her friend and they're, I think her two nephews and then Kelly and our two boys. This is a few years ago. And it's, there's no one around. This is on the way to this friend's parents' house. So they're just sitting there playing in the snow and all of a sudden, out of the blue, this car pulls up right behind my wife's and parks and they're gonna go out and play in the snow. It's a Mexican family. They all get out and they're just playing. And all of a sudden, I don't know how this started, but here's my wife and you look at her, it's like you don't, think this, um, but she, she had an emphasis in college in Spanish. Now you sit there and go, I would have guessed that because she's pretty white. Okay, so <laughs> there she is. And all of a sudden, here, here comes this family. Mom and the family doesn't speak any English. I don't know how the conversation started. I don't know where, where it started. All of a sudden, my wife is speaking Spanish to her. They're talking about da-da-da-da, whatever it is. And all of a sudden, somehow the woman noticed the scar on my wife's neck, started talking about it. My wife told her thyroid cancer. And the woman said, I just got diagnosed with thyroid cancer. She's telling me the story, and I'm like, oh, bah. 
Are you flipping kidding me? My wife was able to take her through the whole process. You're going to want to make sure that you do this, 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 go to this doctor, demand this, but walked her through the whole thing. Here's what's crazy. Middle of nowhere, honky white wife. There she is. Okay, there she is. She speaks Spanish. This woman doesn't speak English. My wife's gone through thyroid cancer. This woman just found out she has it. And my wife was able to tell her everything she needed to hear. And in that moment, I went, God, you know how to comfort yours. I couldn't believe it. And he does it all the time if we'd pay attention. And then does God heal? This is the last one that I know that you guys are just like, I want to go eat. I get that. When I pray, when you ever pray, let me challenge you. A lot of times our prayer for healing moments become convincing God you should do this. And I get that. And so we'll throw, it's like we think the longer we go, the more we mean it and God gets it. But this guy's, this guy's prayer was one sentence and it wasn't even a request. It was a statement of faith. And so this is a couple years ago. There was a young lady that was in my ministry. I always saw her on a Thursday night, but she bolted. After, it was, after we were done, she and her boyfriend always left. I never got to talk to them. Some Sunday morning, she comes walking up with her boyfriend. I'm like, oh, finally, I get to talk to them. But then I feel awkward. It's been, a, it's been a few months, but I don't even know what their names are. So they come up, introduce themselves. We're talking. She goes, I was wondering if you could pray for me. I said, sure, I'd love to. And she goes, I've had this shoulder problem. And she starts to tear up. She, I saw how long has it been? She goes, about 10 years. I went, good night. That's a, that's a heck of a time. Physical therapists, they can't figure out what's going on. The doctors don't know what's going on. And she, I said, well, what it, why is this affecting you so bad? Like, why are you tearing up so much? She goes, well, it hurts really bad. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I, I, I didn't do it. Don't get mad. And then all of a sudden she goes, I want to go into physical therapy. And then she starts to cry. And I said, well, your physical therapist said this is going to be a problem for you if you want to do this. And she just nods. She can't get the words out. I said, well, let's pray. And who knows what he's going to do? And so boyfriend's there. We just kind of, we do this triangle. We got the hands, right? You're laying hands. I'm zapping you with healing power from the Holy Spirit. Okay. So like we do it. This passage came to my mind and I said, I know this is going to sound like such a weird prayer, but here we go. I said, Lord, if you're willing, you can heal her shoulder. That was it. It's like, I paid for that. I tithe for that. Are you freaking kidding me? That's all I said. I said, how does it feel? Because you should do this. If a person, you're praying for healing and they get healed, you should ask them, hey, how's it feel? If they didn't get healed, just ask them, how's it feel? And she goes, oh, I, feel, I think it feels better. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's just the emotion of it. I said, tomorrow, why don't you email me? Tell me how it's doing. So next day, I'm in my office. And I get this huge email. Now, it could be really good or it could be really bad. <laughs> like, it, could, it could be two in the morning. So like, oh, this is your prayer. Blah, blah, blah. And she could have just unloaded. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, gear up, here it comes. And she starts to share, and she goes, last night was the first night in 10 years I've slept without pain. And I went, ah, I just screamed. My assistant is outside of my office. She goes, you okay? Yeah, I'm just reading an email. Ah! I keep going through it. She goes, I can't believe it. I can't. And she's just, I mean, it's just such excitement. As she's, I, I get this picture just crying. And she's just typing it out. And then she said this. And even if it only lasts for today and tomorrow it hurts again, I know that God is able. And I went, oh, you are so deep. <laughs> so I just write black. I said, this is incredible. I can't believe it. Okay. Two days from now, email, email me again because I want to know if it's real. 
I'm waiting. It's like a puppy waiting for somebody. It's like bingo, waiting for the master to come home, the farm guy. So I'm sitting there waiting. I, I can't take it anymore. I email her. Right Within 10 minutes, she writes me back. Today I went swimming. I had no pain. I haven't swam for years. And I just kept sitting there. I'm like, are you kidding? He's like, I'm, you still do it? <laughs> like, this one just isn't just back then. It's not like I walk around going, I have the gift of yelling. <laughs> And I didn't put a hand on her and then slam her back. Oh, it wasn't like that. We just prayed. I just prayed. That's all we did. So a week goes by. She comes to Thursday night. That's where I'm preaching on a regular basis. And she comes walking up. I said, how are you doing? She goes, I went to my physical therapist today. And he's doing all the weird things like, make, like whatever they do to check the shoulder. And she said, I couldn't believe it. He, he looked there and said, it's like you never got hurt. And I just looked at it. I was like, oh my goodness. Guys, I've told that story over and over and over for two years at different camps, usually when I'm preaching this passage. And I'll look at her and I'll tell her, hey, I just shared your story this past week. And she'll get a little teary about it. I said, because what God did in you has, is impacting hundreds, if not thousands of people because they're hearing that God still heals. Guys, when I get to share that stuff, it blows my mind. When you see the things in life happening that correspond to what it is that God said and is doing, or, and what he did in here, that he's still doing it, oh my gosh, this just becomes alive. And when you share it, you might be God's answer to somebody else's prayer for that day. So, but the thing is, you have to engage in life. So if someone pops in your head, it might be God saying, reach out to him. So call them. I don't know if you know those things you text on. You can call too. Like you can actually talk on those. Oh, what? Okay, it's not a text box. It's like you can call them or you can go face to face and you can chat with them or text them. I do it all the time. So I'm not, I'm not anti-tech. I, I love tech stuff. Text them. I'm texting my kids all the time. I'm texting my young adults all the time. Do it, but you might just find all of a sudden the person goes, I so needed that right now. And you can sit there and go, dang, God just used me. And you kind of get addicted to it. Like, that's a good thing to be addicted to. Like, drop weed, get addicted to this. Okay? <laughs> I don't care if it's medicinal. I don't, it's not, that's not what it's about. Okay? Does that make sense? Any questions? Because I know it's, it's, about, it's been about 50 minutes, but anybody else? Guys, thank you so much. Can I pray for you as you go? Dad, I pray that as... These students and the staff members or whoever else says, I'm going to try this because they haven't been. I pray that the first time they do it, that it, they get something out of it and it kind of gets them interested in to do it again. But God, if all of a sudden you, you don't make it like the mountains don't shake and the heavens don't open, God, I pray that they would just sit under the fact that they're hearing you and that that's enough. But God, I pray that you put a hunger in them and in myself, all of us, a hunger for your word that we might know your heart, that we might know your will, and therefore do what it is that you've called us to do. I pray your blessing on them. Holy Spirit, lead and guide them in the process. And thanks that you work with us to change us from the inside out. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone who agrees says, Amen. Amen.